to another great episode of The Bourbon Road with your hosts, Jim and Brian, where they talk bourbon and, of course, drink bourbon. Grab yourself a pour, kick back, and enjoy another trip down the bourbon road. excited to have blandsbourbonshop.com as a new sponsor for the bourbon road podcast in fact this podcast was brought to you by blanton's bourbon shop blantonsbourbonshop.com is the only official merchandiser for blanton's the original single barrel looking for a unique gift blanton's bourbon shop has got you covered blantonsbourbonshop.com is your home for all blanton's gifts The Bourbon Road is excited to have PintsAndBarrels.com as a sponsor of this episode, as well as our official custom apparel provider. Be sure to check out PintsAndBarrels.com and browse their ultimate online store for bourbon lovers. All right, listeners, welcome back to another episode of the Bourbon Road Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Shannon, and today... Today we're at the Rare Eagle Bar. Their good friend Rob Carter, longtime roadie, friend of the show, probably holds the record for the number of appearances on the Bourbon Road. What is it now, Rob? I forgot about that. Maybe six. Maybe six now. Mm-hmm. It's always fun to have you on. We always have a great time, and it's extra special to be at your Rare Eagle Bar. This is quite it's quite the place. Thank you, thank you. When it comes to patriotism. Uh, you've you've got it in spades here. You've got quite the flag collection. Have you added any new flags since the last time we were down here? Uh, no, nothing, nothing of value. Have you added any new eagles to your collection? Because I know two of the biggest things you collect down here are American flags mm-hmm. and eagles, and some of your American <laughs> flags are quite collectible. Mm-hmm. Others are just there for decoration. Right, right. But you've also got so, a ton of like American eagles. I do. Yeah, they're just kind of stuck everywhere. And um, I, I haven't really gone out and pursued a whole lot uh, lately. But um, if you recall, and I, I was thinking you were with me maybe, Jim, at the uh, Bourbon on the Banks. Yeah. And if you recall, our good friend Doug Keller, uh-huh. the freaking artist. That, he, he is that, a freaking artist, that, isn't he? <laughs> what is going on in his brain, and how do you do that? Um, yeah, I mean, Doug gifted me with a hand-painted eagle. Wow. And if, as you've noticed, it's front and center on my bar, right in the middle of the bar. I just left it there. I, I um, you know, want to... I don't know. I want to do something with it, but um, yeah, I'm so astonished to have you know a hand painted piece like that. That's you can really see those those you know multiple strokes yeah. involved. That you know you're thinking how how do you just keep making paint strokes and they add up to a, an eagle? You know, yeah. it's just it's crazy. So, he's he's got some crazy yeah. good skills, and yeah. he, he's doing some paintings for for mm-hmm. Melody and I too. And it's just yeah. amazing, mm-hmm. um, you know how his. <laughs> His eye is so mm-hmm. good. Of mm-hmm. course, his brush is good, but well, his eye is good too. He really yeah. notices the details mm-hmm. and things that he's trying to paint. So, yeah, yeah, one of more one of my more special pieces. So, yeah, I um, I, I hope to have he and his wife down here 
one day soon. Well, I certainly <laughs> hope that they frequent uh, the area down here. We'd love to see them again for yeah, sure. Yeah. So today on the show, we're going to drink through, well, I brought a couple of whiskeys uh, that we want to do a review on. And in the second half, you brought a couple of uh, whiskeys that you want us to taste through while we yep. have various discussions. Sure. And uh, But today we've got, uh, in the first half, we've got uh, both the bourbon and the rye whiskey from Still Austin. And these are their standard issue bourbon and rye. The, the bourbon is a 98.4 proof bourbon, and the rye is also a 98.4. Now, we're going to drink the bourbon first, and it's called The Musician. Oh, so interesting. I think if I remember correctly, Rob, it was, uh, and I think you were telling me this, it's a 70% corn, 25% rye, 5% malted barley. Correct. It's a tes- Texas whiskey, obviously out of um, Austin, Texas. And they've got quite an operation down there. And, uh, you know, they produce everything that they sell. And they use all local Texas grain. So they're kind of grain to glass as well. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Let's check it out. Cheers. Oh, absolutely. Cheers. Wow. That's got a nice corn sweetness to it. Yeah, it really does. One thing about Texas whiskeys, when you say two years, it's almost like saying four years anywhere else, right? Because whiskeys age so rapidly down there. With the heat. Now, this is a minimum of two years, so this could be anywhere between two and four, I would say. But Yeah. But it's got a nice dark color to it. It does. Not, you know, um, quite different than you would think of, you know, whatever, two two years or so. And, and the flavor is way more than you would expect in a... A, a lesser cost bottle, so I was pleasantly impressed. Yeah, you get a spread. nice deep caramel off of it. Um, it's got a, a little bit of like a just a hint of a burnt marshmallow flavor to it. It's um, honey and tea kind of. Uh, you know, I don't want to try and pick too many notes out of it. It is my first bourbon of the day, and I've got just a little bit of bitterness on the back end, but um, definitely surprising for a two-year-old. This is a $30 bourbon. Yeah, nice. So I think I picked this up at Total Wine for $30. Um, certainly uh, a fair price for a whiskey like this. Still Austin is uh, is a craft distillery. And, uh, you know, they don't produce quite the quantity you might see out of the big boys, but they are a small producer. They do produce a decent amount of whiskey. So you can find it. Uh, you can find them all over the place. And particularly here in, in, in Kentucky, you can find them at Total Wine, that's for sure. Uh, we did have them on the Bourbon Roadie Bar at Bourbon on the Banks, and I will say that it was a very popular pour. Hmm. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it definitely has more flavor than you would expect, and I, I do like that. Surprising. And Texas whiskeys kind of have their own little profile, too. They've got this little nod to... Some some extra work that the oak gets to do in those hot and cold swings on a daily basis, and you get a little bit more of that uh, that that deep nutty caramel. Definitely good. Well, when I was uh, whiskey shopping this year, I noticed something. We were going to have a show on um, Christmas gift sets. We we're going to review Christmas gift sets and talk about you know in advance of. Christmas, we wanted to have a show on uh, 
Christmas gift sets. So what's available? What are the prices? What are the good deals out there? And to my surprise, there weren't hardly any gift sets out at mm. Total Wine and at, um, well, there were some, but not like last year. Interesting. Kind of raised the question with me. Why in the world would gift sets be down this year? Why wouldn't we have, yeah. you know, stacks and stacks of them? Like last year, I think, you saw them at the store? I did. I did. It was a big deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This year, they were kind of not to be seen too much at Total Wine. And there were a few more at uh, the Liquor Barn, but um, just not quite what we saw last year. And I don't know. I just feel like maybe Scrooge has got a hold of Christmas gift sets or something. <clears throat> Makes you wonder. I don't, I don't know. I did look into um, at the distillery a week or so ago. They had Weller available that day and just so happened they had a weller gift set oh they did so weller uh, about bottle of weller with two rocks glasses wow so i was able to purchase both uh, you could get both and not count against your uh, allocation or whatever because it was a seasonal thing seasonal well mm -hmm. that's fantastic mm -hmm. and i was able to buy that and um, as i mentioned before i'm sort of losing my I'll just say my wallet in this whole bourbon thing because uh, my wife confiscated that for a Habitat for Humanity gift that they'll be <laughs> raffling off at their upcoming bourbon event. So, so I I lost that one. Oh well, <laughs> I, I I think you're in good shape here when it comes to bourbon. Uh, good point. Good point. <laughs> because I mean, when you come to the Rare Eagle Bar, uh, you have a great display of whiskeys. I don't know. You probably got a couple of hundred, two or three hundred whiskeys on display. I'm afraid at least. But little do you know that in the treasure chest against that wall is full and the little cabinet over here is full. And you've got bottles hidden all over this basement. I do. If somebody raids your bourbon bar, uh, you can restock in a day. Yeah, exactly. As long as my wife doesn't find out. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of keep that on the down low. So let's talk about your visits to... Uh, to Buffalo Trace. We don't live far from there. True. We're, yeah. we're just 20, 25 minutes down the road. Yeah. And you work in Lawrenceburg. I do. Mm -hmm. So it's easy for you to get over there. It is very easy. And um, I, I could I could give out my local secret if anybody think I should throw that out, the secret to going to Buffalo Trace. Um, well, that's entirely up to you. I, okay. I, I yeah. don't normally do it, so you're not going to bother me, but <laughs> right, it's right. not going to ruin your game, is it? <laughs> no, nah, I'm, I'm all about everybody having fun. There but, you go. Uh, I, I learned, uh, and this may not be you know, monumental, but I, I learned a few years back that uh, all these uh, out-of-towners are coming in on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and Sunday, and you know you're going to have three loops and a, a two hour wait. So I just don't even go on on those days. And if you go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, wait till about ten to eleven o'clock. You walk in, walk out. So, so you go on Mondays, Tuesdays, or Wednesdays. You mm -hmm. show up at the distillery at ten o'clock. Ten to eleven range and ten to eleven. And I'm I'm in purchase. Out and gone in ten minutes. And when they when they take a picture of your license or whatever, what are they saying to you? You can't buy another one for how long? Ninety days. Ninety days. Mm -hmm. And they're quite particular. Yeah, they are. I, I've um, I've been in there eighty ninth day. 
and I didn't realize my my timing. It was, you know, my own fault. I wasn't trying to pull one on anybody, but yeah, um, yeah. Sure enough, I couldn't buy. So, but there are other things you can get that aren't allocated. Sure, yeah. Typically, uh, you know, a Buffalo Trace will be available, and um, some of their vodkas and gifts and specialty items and sure. so forth. And and then again, if they have a a gift set. By chance, uh, then that's free game. Yeah. So, do you think things are becoming a little more available now? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I think so. I'm seeing it a little bit more time to time. Although some of the little spots that uh, used to occasionally get some things, you know, there used to be um, Walgreens, CVS, and various drug stores uh, of that nature would periodically at least seasonally would would get a blanton's and a eh and a you know weller eagle rare and they've been they've been shut out for almost a year yeah almost none nothing has been distributed there i saw something interesting on the news i i guess it's probably been about a week or a week and a half ago and uh, there was a news story on brown and foreman and they were talking about uh, how the stock had plummeted on Brown and Foreman, hmm. and that they had they were down sixteen percent this year, Man. which surprised me hmm. because we all know, or at least most of us know, at least those are that are watching their investments and their four hundred one ks that they're doing pretty darn good right now. The market's up. In fact, it had two record setting days during the, this month already. Exactly. And so, in general, the market as a whole is up. When I heard that report, it really got me to thinking, like, what? Brown and Foreman's down? I wonder if it's just Brown and Foreman or if there's something going on here. So, I started researching the big players in the game. And I looked at uh, Diageo and mm-hmm. Pernod Ricard, MGP. Now, I'd like to look at more. I'd like to look at Sazerac and Heaven Hill. But, the, you know. Still, some of these companies are privately held, and you're not going to get their numbers. But at least exactly. the ones that are publicly traded, they're all significantly down. And it's been a declining chart since the beginning of this year. So since after COVID, we've had kind of a decline. Yeah. And it's uh, it's kind of dramatic when you look at the year in review on the stock charts. Yeah. They really dove in the beginning of December. Yeah, that's quite a number, 16%. I 16%. Mean, I mean, that's that's devastating for a company. If you told me 5%, I would have been shocked. So. Well, it's, it, it dropped 10% in one day. It was down 16% for the year. But that was just Brown and Foreman. But there were similar dips in the others. And I'm not trying to draw any conclusions here. I mean, there's no sense in doing that because nobody can predict what's going on in the, in the market. But the facts are the facts. I think I know what's going on. Some people out there not trying hard enough. (laughs) (laughs) By golly. That could be it. I did look at like Constellation brands, companies that are also in the spirits space and the alcoholic drink space, but aren't as invested in bourbon. And they're kind of holding steady a little bit more. So now that doesn't mean anything. You know, I'm, I'm not going to try and draw conclusions there either but uh but when i looked at the big four you know brown foreman diageo pernod ricard and mgp 
definitely all of those guys have like similar charts for this year. So interesting, something to think about. Yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't understand. Well, I certainly uh, uh, invite our listeners who are stock market savvy to that have a look and see if they can debunk what I've said here. But it yeah. looked pretty convincing to me. Yeah, and you know, back through time, I guess. Um, Depression era and and some of our uh, our times, uh, you know, when the economy wasn't good or one one thing or another wasn't good, war times, different things. It seemed like people turned to to alcohol, even though they didn't have the money for it. Often, I mean, it was still, uh, you know, still a thing that they vacillated to, I guess you'd say. And so, I don't know, is economy too good and they're Playing pickleball or something? I don't know. See, I, I don't think people are drinking less. I think they're maybe drinking less of that, you know. So Could be. I've always heard the same thing, Rob. I've always heard that, uh, that you know, the spirits industry is kind of recession-proof, right? Exactly. People are going to drink something. Just what are they choosing to drink at the moment? Exactly. I think beer's doing great. You know, obviously, you know, with Constellation brands still rocketing along, they they have what do they have? Modelo and some other brands, so they're doing pretty good. I think Modelo's now the number one beer in the United States. I heard that. Yep. Isn't that something? Yeah, took over a little while back and climbing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So I I didn't look at. Uh, like some of the other beer brands and wine, I, I would I would invite some roadies to to take a, take a moment, especially those of you who are a little bit more into the stock market. And yeah, yeah. check it out for me. Post post in the Bourbon Roadies what you find. See if you're seeing similar trends or not. I hate to be. I don't want to be a, the prognosticator of 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 doom. Right. <laughs> I mean, but when you see something like that, when you see like no gift sets at Christmas. True. Or you hear an, an, something on the television about one particular distillery, and then you search at the others, and you see similar reports. You're like, "Oh, what's going on here?" Yeah, exactly. One, one, you might see a poor management, or you know, downfall in uh, you know their production, or, or right. a, a lot of things. But when it's across the board, now I wonder if there's any chance that. You know, there was such a, a great marketing effort, and and the and the cocktails were marketed to younger younger people, and uh, you know the and some of the even uh, oh you know you could take a, a what a Kentucky Mule you know bourbon ginger beer you know anybody can drink that, and a lot of a lot of the cocktails were catered to women and 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 younger people. I wonder if it rose so quickly that this is just a slight correction. Um, it could be a slight correction. Yeah. And, and another thing is it's not always sales. Sometimes it's uh, mm. based on pr projected value, right? Yeah. So, but, but when the reports come back and say, like when you get excited about something, you will pay more for it, right? That's just the way it is. And when you, when you, when you hear, you know, you can't find Pappy and you can't find this, and everybody's talking about bourbon and the stores are running out of everything, you're like, I'm going to buy some daggone whiskey stocks. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a good thing to invest in. One would think, and uh, you know, that's because you think there's a, there's a future in it. And then if you hear some reports that sales are down or 
They're not as expected. You might lose that excitement. Exactly. And maybe sell your stock, which causes yep. the prices to go down. So <laughs> anyway, there's there's a lot of listeners out there, I'm sure, that are a lot more in tune with market happenings than I am. So yep. jump in there and let us know. Hop on the roadies and make a few posts. Let us know what you find. You may have to get one of those uh, text machines, Jim, where you can monitor during the during your show or something. Yeah. Go, go live. And <laughs> <laughs> that would be something, wouldn't it? Oh, man. You'd have to bring in some women for that to multitask. I couldn't yeah. do it. All right. Well, I, I, I definitely enjoy this still Austin bourbon. I think it's a... I think it's good. I think it's a little bit on the sweeter side. For me, I think it'd be a great cocktail whiskey. It's also decent for sipping, too. They also have a, a, a special series. They call it their Bottle and Bond series. They have a, a red corn, a blue corn, a standard uh, rye bourbon, and then they have a the straight rye whiskey, all at Bottle and Bond. Oh, nice. So well, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I, I don't always understand, but, you know, why 98.5 on this and a 98.4 or 98.4 yeah and a and a bottle and bond i mean we're, we're so darn close what is that two I, drips of water difference or two drips of water <laughs> in two years well uh, right. point counterpoint i always forget that yep same yeah. distilling season bonded yeah. warehouse there's some other things there yeah, not that they I affect the flavor a whole lot but the age certainly does yeah, but the extra one point six on proof probably not very noticeable. Do you think? I wouldn't think so. Mm-mm. But this this is really good. I'm I'm starting to lean. You know, if if you put a pappy in front of me to to sell me or or this, you know, I'm the guy that's gonna. I'm looking for the. Thirty to fifty dollars sweet spot. That's that's got a, a nice unique flavor. All right. and and. To me, this hits the spot. Well, I'm going to give my thumbs up to the Still Austin Straight Bourbon Whiskey, two years old, 70, 25, and 5. Uh, it's called The Musician. And uh, about 30 bucks, maybe 32 bucks. I think the total wine price was low 30s. And uh, we're going to drink another Still Austin Whiskey now. And uh, we're going to switch to the rye, though. And this is sort of up. Our alley, you're, yeah. you're in mine both. Yeah, I think we're both kind of rye fans, aren't we? I think so. Are we ready to? We're ready to do to, it. To, so this is the Still Austin Straight Rye Whiskey. This also is uh, at least two years old. This one's called The Artist. So the bourbon was called The Musician, and this one's called The Artist. They both have uh, pretty young ladies on the front. Uh, yeah. uh, the Musician's holding a little, uh, I don't know kind of music instrument or something or is that a branch on a tree i can't tell this this is my eyes are so bad uh, but then the artist the rye is the artist and she's holding a paintbrush and a palette so nice i'll raise this class to doug keller then the artist doug keller cheers hey, cheers so this is a hundred percent rye this is made with all texas rye grain which is interesting because we all know that rye loves to grow up north a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And Jim, I've asked you this a, a, multiple times, probably, and and um, I don't really retain a whole lot, so I'll probably ask you again one day. But some of these rye, you know, rye bourbons are—I don't know—it seem like even some of the ones that say they're hundred percent rye or whatever are not. All rye. 
Am I wrong in that? Or you mean or, the, is the rye some, bourbons or the rye yeah, whiskeys? I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm. Maybe there's a little caveat in there I'm missing. But but um, you know, I wanted to do a. a, a I told you I like pairing things up a little bit. Yeah. And I had the mellow corn, which was 100% corn. Yeah. And I had, the, I don't know, something that was, um, what was it? There was three of them I had. They were 100%, 100%, and 100%, I thought. But, but I thought you corrected me and said my rye wasn't 100%, whichever one it was. And I don't know why I thought it was, but... Well, rye is kind of follow bourbons in the in the rules a little bit. It has to be fifty one percent rye, but it can certainly have other grain components in it. Like a Kentucky rye usually has a corn component in it to sort of sweeten up the rye a little bit. Um, but sometimes the rye, like a ninety five five rye, typical MGP rye, ninety five percent rye, five percent malted barley. Oh. Okay. I always got that little five percent malted in there to give it that uh, enzyme kick okay. that it needs to to go through the fermentation process. This one in particular is a hundred percent Texas rye, but that doesn't mean it's all straight, you know, rye grain. It could be a malted rye in there too, gotcha. or other things like that. We've had some malted rye before, and that's actually one of my favorite. Some flavors. of my favorite things in the world are malted rye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm kind of on a pursuit of that. Yeah. Did you ever get to crack that bottle of uh, Macefield Club? I did. Yeah. 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 Thank you. It was really good. That's good stuff. Heck yeah. For those who are wondering, that's Old Pogue makes a a 100% rye whiskey called Macefield Club. And it's it's malted rye. And it's just delightful. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. So, So let's talk about this Still Austin rye here. 100% 100% rye. Okay, well, while you're sipping, uh, I've already tasted it at least once, and um, that is really good. And I can't believe, see, th- this is what gets me is you said this might be 40 bucks. I think it's more like 35 to 37 It's like $5 more than the bourbon. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. There's no reason. Um, I won't go into it. This is good. This is really good rye. Isn't it? <laughs> it really is. It is. Yeah, this is, and this is 100% rye, so there's no corn, and that sweetness is all coming from the rye. But it's very floral. It's got a really nice, spicy, floral, spicy note to it. I wish I could make up stuff, but I, I just don't know what to tell you. I'm tasting. It's just good. Um, you ever eat Indian food? Seldom. You're not a big Indian food. <laughs> Have you ever been to an Indian restaurant? Oh yeah, yeah. Have you ever gone to check out and they got that little bowl of grain at the at the mm. checkout counter and you can pick some up and eat it? Oh well, I didn't know that's what it was for. I put the pen back in it or something. Oh, I, <laughs> I thought it was a placeholder. It's just to cleanse your palate. Uh, it, it's just. I a, did not know that. But this has a little bit of that. It's like um, um, a fennel. Or like a fennel or anise kind of flavor okay. to it. All right. And there's uh, two words I've never heard, but uh, I I will say maybe I've get a little bit of a is a maybe a juniper. So is that a, in that flavor category? So juniper is like a pine tree, right? True. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I get um, cypress juniper. I'm getting yep. some kind of a cedar. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but no. But it's a lot of flavor along with that. Regardless of what it is, it's a noticeable. It's not 
it's not like drinking a, just a flat, you know, nondescript bur- or whatever, bourbon or rye. I know this is a rye. So it's called it's a complex good. flavor, right? Yeah. It's got some complex. It does have some complex flavors to it. It's sweet. It's got, uh, it does have that little bit of a, a scrumptious caramel note to it. Mm-hmm. But um, the the aromatic spice comes out on it. And it really grabs you. And yep. some of that is a little bit of, uh, I call it conifer or juniper or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah, I'm not sure what I'm. Cedar. I, I, think, you know? we're, I think you're on it. You're, you're Evergreen. Yeah, it's an evergreen. Uh, yeah, a, kind of a refreshing little flavor yeah. to it. And it's got a little bit of that uh, fennel or anise or licorice. Mm, kind of a yeah. licorice note to it. It definitely does. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Now, I will say I can, I get that one. All right. Yeah. You keep talking. I'll I'll just thumbs up or thumbs down. <laughs> but it's not real hot on the back of the palate. It doesn't have a tremendous amount of, uh, like, black pepper to it or anything like that, or even clove, right? I mean, it's just kind right. of it's kind of light on the back of the palate, not too spicy yeah. back there. But lingers. So, it so, does linger. So you, you, it, it hangs on to you for a little bit. It's good. So what's your favorite cocktail to make with rye whiskey? You know, I'm, I don't do a whole lot of cocktails. Um, you, do you use rye in your old fashioned sometimes? I do, I yeah. do, because I'm, I'm in my brain. I'm, I'm getting more flavor. Yeah, that way. So yeah, I do. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll occasionally make an old fashioned. But uh, I'm kind of, I don't know. Sometimes I'll, I, I just drink it neat most of the time. But I'll get crazy sometimes and. Um, create my own cranberry simple syrup this time of year for instance wow and um and then throw some some rye in there and yeah that's a that's a good cocktail that sounds good yeah, actually yeah i'll do it we'll do just it. rye and cranberry simple syrup and and that's it uh, little bitters maybe orange bitters orange bitters wow That'd that sounds really it. good actually yeah. yeah we need to do that here over soon. a big cube big cube mm-hmm yeah, we'll do that for right. sure. Yeah, that yep. sounds very Christmassy. Homemade, yeah, I made it myself, so wow. I was pretty proud of myself. Fantastic. I, I'm a cook, Jim. I don't know if I told you <laughs> that or not. I like to eat. Yes, you do. It's a wonder I I'm do not too. 800 pounds <laughs> instead of 500. All right. Well, I mean, overall, I'm going to say Still Austin is a buy. If you're in a store and you're walking down the aisle and you see Still Austin up there, now they have other expressions of their whiskeys that are available on the shelf, but these two are kind of their their core products. If you see them on the shelf, thirty to thirty five dollar range, snap them up. The rye in particular is like the star of the show today. I think it is, and I, I you know, I'm going to buy that one. And again, hoping my wife's not listening to, the, to this show, but and the only the point being is, you know, it's almost not fair, Jim. You and I love that flavor we love rye so i'm going to tell you the bourbon had a nice flavor good distinctive and well beyond its 30 dollar price tag but for us that rye is pretty amazing it's pretty good stuff and for the dollar i'm i'm just cheap yeah i'm just cheap i'm, I, I'm getting that I way mean, too I, you know this stuff's getting out of hand. Yeah, I agree with you completely. All right, Rob, well, let's keep sipping on our still Austin rye. We're going to take a short break, folks. And when we come back, Rom has a couple of grand whiskeys for us. And uh, we're going to chit chat about something other than 
depression in the whiskey industry. <laughs> Stick around. gift Blanton's Bourbon Shop has got you covered. All of their handcrafted wood products are made in their in-house wood shop with authentic bourbon barrels. Specializing in barrel-aged potent treats, they use Blanton's barrels to age their own maple syrup, honey, and coffee. Find the most unique gift ideas for your golf lover, cigar connoisseur, avid coffee drinker, and Blanton's fan. Want to win an authentic Blanton's barrel head? Make sure you sign up for the giveaway on the homepage of their website. Blantonsbourbonshop.com is your home for all Blanton's gifts. If you're a bourbon drinker, and I bet you are if you're listening to this podcast, you need to head over to pintsandbarrels.com and check out the ultimate online store for bourbon lovers. Pints and Barrels Company was started by bourbon lovers for bourbon lovers. From spices to t-shirts, you'll find the perfect bourbon gift. Pints and Barrels proudly supports the bourbon road and invites you to visit pintsandbarrels.com. Do you need a custom apparel or swag for your bar, distillery, maybe even your bourbon society? They can do that too. As a matter of fact, they print our apparel. We're so happy with the quality and fast turnaround. Pintsandbarrels.com, the ultimate bourbon lovers gift shop and branding specialist. All right, listeners, so we are back. It's been a great little break there, Rob and I. Yeah, we, we took a little longer than normal. We, uh, we, we drank the rest of that Steel Austin rye. Fantastic. <laughs> yep. A little longer is three days, wasn't it? I just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> we hung out at the bar, at the Rare Eagle bar there. We looked through his bourbons here, and he had to pick out a couple whiskeys that he thought were appropriate for the second half. Yeah, out of, out of my nature, but here we go. All right. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to drinking these. It's been a minute since I had them myself. Uh, what do we have for the second half, Rob? Yeah, well, and and I'll just say, I, I think where I, I, now that I recall, I was somewhere, and I'd never had a Tennessee whiskey, and and I had one, and I thought, well, dang on, I've, I've not been fair to these people. So um, we're, we're looking at a, a Dickel eight-year small batch, and then the 15-year single barrel. George Dickel. I'm looking forward to both of them now. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so just to give a little background on Mr. Rob Carter here, he is profoundly loyal to the soil he lives on. Mm, big time. And uh, he's obviously an American patriot, but even closer to home is Shelbyville, Kentucky. That's his home turf. Very loyal to Shelbyville. Very loyal to the businesses and products of Shelbyville, Kentucky. Yep, a lot of good still distilleries right here. And if you can't find it in Shelbyville, then you're going to start looking in Shelby County. And if you can't find it in Shelby County, you're going to look in Kentucky. Yeah. And if you can't find it in Kentucky, all right, as long as we can get it in the U.S. of A. Exactly. 
I mean, you're pretty. You're I a pretty loyal guy. I stop right there. Yeah. <laughs> you stop right there. <laughs> I dip my toes in the water, but I'm not. Yeah, not going. You're not going to swim too far from shore, are you? <laughs> nope. I have. All right, so we're yeah. going to drink uh, the first whiskey. We're going to drink here is the Dickel Eight Year. This is a small batch whiskey. Uh, what's the proof on it? It is ninety, ninety, ninety percent. What do you 90, know about ninety proof? What do you me. know about Mister George Dickel? Not a daggone thing, really. Yeah, I know he. Um, yeah, apparently, I mean, this does date way back. So that's that's a pretty cool thing. Back uh, just post. Um, um, revolutionary. Yeah, so I guess I guess George Dickel himself, the man, eighteen early eighteen hundreds. Yeah, he had a an actual. He was a like a merchant in Nashville back in like forty years after the Declaration of Independence. Uh, and but the actual distillery itself was formed from that, uh, and I think it was like eighteen seventy, right after the right after the Civil War. I think. You know, the, the the distillery was formed. So this is an old distillery, been around a lot of years. When it comes to Tennessee whiskeys, and we could talk about that a little bit, but there's two big boys, right? There's Jack Daniels and George Dickel. Yeah. These are the two major mm-hmm. players that sort of um yeah. sort of started the ball game, I should yeah. say. In t- in Tennessee for sure. And and what what causes Tennessee whiskey to be different from bourbons? Now, first of all, let's just say that both George Dickel Tennessee whiskey and Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey both qualify as bourbons, but they prefer to be named and called by Tennessee whiskey, and that's because they've undergone this very proprietary Tennessee process. Um. Which is, they call the Lincoln County process, which is a process by which once the white dog is made, once the the mash is mashed and boiled off and you end up with a distillate, it's passed through maple coal charcoal and then placed in the barrels to age. Yeah. It's a little bit different. And that, that does change the profile of the whiskey a little bit, does make it a little bit different. It doesn't disqualify it from being a bourbon, but right. they choose not to be called a bourbon. Yeah, interesting. And different spelling as well. So They choose – Dickel is unique from Jack Daniels. Like Jack Daniels calls it whiskey with an E, right? E-Y. Dickel is W-I-H-I-S-K-Y, just Correct. like the Scotches yeah. from Scotland. Yeah, no doubt. And I think that's to show that they're trying to market. They originally they were trying to market as a better version of Scotch whiskey, mm-hmm. you know, U.S. made. Yeah, which we definitely can do that. Yeah, absolutely. So. Well, cheers. Let's uh, let's turn up our glass. Yep, absolutely. Smell this, man. I tell you, I can I can nail this stuff anywhere. I could. You could put this to my nose in a dark room somewhere, and I would know it's Dickel. That's crazy. There's a couple of whiskeys in this world that are like that for me. Uh, one is Willet. I can tell Willet. Eyes closed, hands tied behind my back. Nice. Uh, and Dickel's another one. Well, it has a, a, a sweet little flavor to it that I kind of get a maple. Yeah, it's I definitely. I threw that in my brain. I can't get it out or what, but I get that. And there's like nothing... Ling, no, you know, no burn. I mean, it's a, it's very smooth. I'll have to say that. 
Have you ever taken a like a a stone and scratched it against the concrete? Like to write your name on the concrete or something? Yep. You know that smell you get off of oh, it? Oh yeah. Have you ever done it when it's wet? I don't think so. Yeah. I'm inside with you know it's wet, you're inside like the way look quits raining. <laughs> that that kind of mineral note, oh. that mineral smell, mm-hmm. that's what I get from Dickel. I get that wet stone, wet concrete kind of, and it's good. It's a good flavor. I like it. It's kind of, it, and a lot of people say it reminds them of uh, like Flintstone vitamins a little bit, that minerally kind of flavor. Yeah. You know, I'm always looking for the legs and the viscosity. And this seemed kind of refreshing because it didn't have any burn or whatever. Uh, but I still see a little viscosity to it, but I wasn't expecting that. So it's yeah, super, I, super smooth. Yeah, it's, and it's really smooth. You probably need to recommend this to, you know, a, a, someone who's not a big, full blown bourbon drinker that, yeah. you know, looking for a burn or a. Something wild. It's, it's it's smooth. I think some people are thrown off a little bit by the because it, I it, it does have like a little bit of a cherry note to it. Are you getting that at all? A little fruit. I didn't. A little fruit. I yeah. couldn't tell what it was. Ah, a cherry or something. But yeah, it, yeah. it reminds me of the the red the red Flintstone vitamin. You know the the kind of a um, cherry or fruity flavor to it but it's got that yep. mineral note to it and i don't know it's very unique palette and it's uh very enjoyable very smooth yeah it's it's kind of crazy i forgot now i kind of remember why i bought this and and i don't even think i've had it for five years or better but i bought it anyway yeah that's why if if i, I like i said you could give me this blindfolded <laughs> hands tied behind my back not expecting it, and I could I could name it because there's not another whiskey on the planet that has this profile. Yeah, pretty crazy. Yep, I do like it though. I like it a lot. So we're gonna get to drink the 15 year here in a minute, and this is a single barrel, so I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, but I want to change the subject up right. here a little bit. Uh-oh. All right, so you, go. you know I'm not so. I've, sure. I've got a brighter subject than we <laughs> talked about in the first half. So in the first half we talked about kind of whiskey trends, right? Mm-hmm. Now I want to talk about pizza. Are you a pizza fan, Rob? Oh man, I am. I yeah, am. yep, big time. I like to. Um, I like to. I like to get creative. Do you? But but I've kind of changed course in my later years. So you're you're actually talking about making pizza. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So so let's talk about the early Rob Carter pizza guy and then later years guy. Yeah, well, you know, we we kind of grew up poor. You know, we didn't know it cuz we we had all kinds of food growing up on the farm, but you know, we didn't go out to eat. And mom loved pizza, so she she made these Chef Boyardee pizzas, homemade, from, you know, from scratch, basically, and, and uh, love pizzas. And I think um, I was always told Mom had pizza the night I was born. Yeah. So um, consequently, always been a pizza fan. So when you say when you say Chef Boyardee, you mean cheese pizzas? Uh, no, she but trumped put them all up. kinds of stuff oh, yeah, on there. She trumped them up. She liked mushrooms, onions, yeah. pepperonis. And, that might have been about it back in the day, but um, 
and uh, but yeah, so through time, um, I'm I'm not as big on the the like I I I like all kinds of crusts. Yeah, I've made them out of. Um, Biscuits out of tortillas, uh, you know, the uh, what is it? Cauliflower. I, look, I do like cauliflower because in my brain it seems healthy or something. I don't. You've know. done pizza bread. They've convinced mm-hmm. me. It's yeah. I've done all those, but uh, but the main thing is, you know, I kind of grew up on a, a beef cattle farm, ate beef most meals for you know decades, and and now all of a sudden my favorite pizza is. Total vegetarian. Yeah. I'll cover it solid with solid white with onions first. Like you can't even see the, the, uh, the, oh, the, the sauce. So, so we got, so we got first uh, layers onions. So you got, uh, you got thin crust dough, thin crust sauce, sauce, white onions. So you can't see the sauce anymore. Okay. And then cover that with uh, green and black olives. Yeah, and that's my favorite, and and mushrooms. Oh, and mushrooms, and mushrooms. That's it. That's my favorite pizza. And you cook it off, and you like that crust crispy. Yeah, a little crispy. A I little do. crispy. I'm having some texture issues as I get old. <laughs> <laughs> if it's soggy, I, I don't know. I got to yeah. crisp it up. <laughs> I like to be able to pick up a piece, like a you know a triangle piece of pizza, yeah. and it hold it hold be substantial, substantial. Right? Yeah, when it droops on the end. Mm-hmm. Or this is my this is my pet peeve. When you grab a piece of pizza out of the pie and you pull it out and all the cheese stays oh, behind. Well, yeah. Is that like the worst? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So what's the key to making sure that never happens? Man, I don't know. Keep keep cutting, I guess. I yeah, you cut it. You cut you when you pull it Get out that. of the oven, mm-hmm. it has to cool a minute. On the on the rack before you cut it, yeah, yeah. Just and then for a you minute. can put it in the box. We yeah. don't do boxes at home, so. But yeah. yeah, the minute you put it in the box, it's like a timer to death. Oh sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah no doubt. I don't. I tell you what. I, when whenever I order pizza, I'm very interested in arriving like right before they put it in the box, mm-hmm. right? And then when you get in a car, you. Open the box just a little bit. Like you can't leave the box shut. You have to open it up a little bit so the steam can get out. If you don't, what happens? You get back the floppiness pizza of the it's horrible. Yeah, yeah. You gotta be careful. That's for sure. So yeah, I'm a, I definitely am a pizza fan. Well, I'm gonna have to try the do you use red onions or just sweet onions? Mostly just white sweet onions, Vidalia, yeah. whatever. Vidalias. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm not opposed to a good red one. Yeah. And what Scallions. about what about your mozzarella? Where do you get your mozzarella? Is it just like low moisture craft or um you know sometimes that low moisture stuff doesn't seem to doesn't melt doesn't melt good. I don't yeah. know what the heck that stuff is. I'm afraid it's got a half life of 36,000 years or yeah, something. Yeah, cheese so. is cheese is a tough I'm, one. I mean they yeah. they've got some really good pizza cheese at Whole Foods. Oh, yeah. But um Here's here's the kind of the the problem, at least from my perspective on cheeses. So, if you buy the high quality mozzarella, like Belgioso mm. or something, it's got so much water in it. When you heat it up, it basically waters down. Your pizza turns to water, yeah. and so it doesn't work. Yeah. So you have to have low moisture mozz, but you can't have something that is. Uh, 
I don't know. I don't want to. I, I don't want to call it plastic, but you can't have like like straight Kroger cheese is not the best. Exactly. Right? No. But I struggle with that. If you can get some good quality mozzarella that is low, <clears throat> lower moisture, and then then the problem becomes when you cook it, like uh, like there's that point at which the cheese melts, and it starts to get a little bit of browning on the surface. Yeah. You got to pull it out. Oh, yeah. If you don't, then the oil separates from the cheese and you end up with like a sopping oil mess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, it's pizza's not easy. No, no. So, so having said this, here's my dilemma. If you know, if you can picture my, my pizza with a full layer of, you know, and I'm not even talking about diced, you know, kind of big, I mean, they're diced somewhat, but not you know, miniature diced or anything. So sometimes I will put my onions in the air fryer and kind of dry them out a little bit and then put them on my pizza. Otherwise. That's actually a pretty darn good idea. Otherwise my, you know, there's so much moisture content in onions that, you know, that uh, gets soggy again. Don't like that. Yeah. So for me, like I love, I, I love meat. All right, I mean I love pork belly. I love oh, yeah. uh, uh, andouille sausage. I love. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Italian sausage. It's not my thing. Mm-hmm. I do like pepperonis, but I also yeah. like uh, like a little bit of steak stuff like that. I love meat on my pizza, but if I don't have meat on my pizza. I would prefer it to just be like a just cheese, cheese, tomato, mm. bread. Yeah, you know, just what they call it, a tomato pie, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I can tell you, although I described my perfect pizza, yeah, you can't hardly you can't hardly hurt my feelings with a pizza. Yeah, I mean, I will do meat lovers. I'll do nothing but cheese. Uh, sometimes would do the. Um, Let's see. What's the green sauce that uh, pesto? Put, yeah, just pesto and cheese. Yep. On a on a cauliflower, you know, I've done that. I mean, so have you done? Can, have you done? Um, so no sauce. You put the you put the the pizza dough, and then the the cheese, the mozzarella, and then you put the tomato on top. Hmm. You ever done that before? Nope. But I'm willing to try. Yeah, so I've seen those, and uh, that's kind of a, more of a cosmopolitan, uh, Neapolitan. Yeah. What did I say? Cosmopolitan. Yeah, it's horrible. Neapolitan it. style pizza, right? Yeah, or um, Mozza- what's that? Margarita? Uh, margarita pizza. Whatever that the is. Sliced tomatoes, sliced yeah, basil. Yeah. I do like those, yeah. A little bit of mozz on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's good. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things that they do in uh, like in Chicago, deep dishes, the big deep dishes in Chicago, you know, is they 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 got like a pie pan and they put the crust in, mm-hmm. then they put the cheese in, they put another crust in, yeah. and they put vent holes in the crust, mm-hmm. then they put the sauce, and then they put the meat and the more cheese on top, and that's kind of a different a different situation altogether. I'm not a huge personally. I'm not a huge Chicago right, style pizza right. person. Yeah, a lot of dough. Just the deep dish is yeah. just not my thing. Yeah. Now, when I'm in Chicago, I have one. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you got to. Well, it tastes fantastic. It just yeah it can get so f- filling, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I mean, 
so the major styles of pizza, I guess, would be like, and we're turning this into a pizza show, yeah, but that's all right. That's all right. All right. Um, Chicago deep dish style. Then Detroit. Like Detroit pizza, square, sort of square pan pizzas, right? I, I'm sort of not familiar with that yeah. one. It's sort of the square cut. Kind of like I had in grade school, you're yeah, thinking? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hamburger and cheese on it, I don't know. And then uh, New York style, you know, which is mm. the, the traditional yeah, big yeah. pie slices. Yeah. Um, I love New York style pizza. It's probably my favorite as long as it doesn't get too oily. Because when it gets oily and drips, I'm just um, not happy at yeah, all. Yeah, me too. When you pick it up, you just got stuff dripping between your fingers, you know. Well, if, so if, if I could come full circle here with you, Jim, I think what I enjoy about the pizza and going through the steps and so forth is I start out the evening pouring a nice, neat pour of bourbon. And so it's a medicinal setting you know where i'm sipping on a little bourbon and no matter how long it takes even though it's exorbitant sometimes i just enjoy the time yeah absolutely enjoy the time sip sip on a little bourbon you know well folks i'm gonna tell you a little story here i'm gonna tell you about our the crackers that we chose to eat here tonight so it's kind of funny food so, to food so rob rob broke out the cheez it's and I'm a cheese it nut. I'm like, I can literally sit down with a box of cheese it's and make it disappear, which is not very healthy. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. But you had some oyster crackers too. So we were good little boys. We decided to have the, the oyster crackers in the first half. First half, yeah. And then let ourselves have some cheese it's in the second half. So I'm sitting here <laughs> munching on some cheese it's now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I can, I can annihilate a box of those in a heartbeat. It, it's crazy. They're just too good. What do you say we move on to that 15-year dickle? Sounds good. Awesome. Sounds good. It's a, a slightly less proof at, um, what did we decide, 84 and 84.4, yeah. 84.4. So, but the the color was, um, you know, starkly different. Yeah, 15 years is, uh, is a... Darn good age for some whiskey. Well, so. So it's eight year, by the way. It is. And that's truly the only reason I bought them. I remember the eight year. I don't even have a price for you, but it wasn't crazy. And then when I saw the 15, you know, there's not too many 15 year olds that I can afford in the bourbon world. And um, for instance, I, I can't afford a Pappy 15, but I thought it'd be cool to. Taste some bourbon that's been sitting in a barrel for warehouse for 15 years, and we'll see. I just opened it for us, Jim. First time. Well, I'm I did look up the prices. So the the eight year dickel, which we had first, uh, is right around uh, thirty five dollars. And the fifteen year dickel, which we're getting ready to taste now, is right at sixty dollars. So, so again, again, I mean, folks, we're presenting whiskeys that are very affordable to you here. Yeah, things that are, are not only good but that don't impact the pocketbook book too much. Yeah, Rob Carter special. Thank Rob you, Carter Jesus. Special. Yeah. <laughs> all, all right. right. All right. I've already nosed this thing. Wow. This is this has really got a great nose on it. It, it does. 
and it just it's it's like this is you can tell this is the same whiskey right mm-hmm. you know it's the same whiskey but it's the same whiskey with like yeah serious attitude yeah that cherry medicinal kind mm-hmm. of a little bit of a medicinal cherry note a little bit of mineral note to it but it's it's concentrated mm-hmm. it's odd that that whatever that you know medicinal note is is pleasing to some. I want to say it's it's probably not pleasing to some, but but to you and I, we're you know it almost gets into that. Um, you know that's what you get in a rye often. Yeah, and so it's a medicinal note that some people cherish, and it's really good to me. Yeah, I think some people. I think Dickel is a little bit polarizing. I think the people who like it really like it, and the people who don't, uh, it's because that particular profile is just not. It's just not in their wheelhouse. It's not what they want. This is a like chocolate covered cherry bomb. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's it's still got that minerally note to it, but it's really good. I didn't mention it, but in the sort of the aftertaste on that eight year, um, I you know, after I kind of quit drinking, we were talking and all of a sudden I was starting to realize I'm picking up a good bit of a, of a deep chocolate and I'm getting it even a little bit more heavily on this 15 year. So, uh, yeah. So now the 15 year was a single barrel, correct? It is a single barrel. So it, so, it could be yeah. this particular single barrel could be a little bit different from another. You might get it, yeah, this yeah. one's wonderful though. Yeah, It is. So my pet peeve, while you got that poured up and can't correct me here, when somebody says, I like X bourbon, I like their single barrel. Well, how can you like their single barrel when every single barrel in theory is different? Well, I mean, I've I've definitely experienced that for sure, where you, you have a single barrel. We've had a single barrel on the show before where mm-hmm. I've said, this is friggin' amazing. This could be one of the best whiskeys of the year. Mm-hmm. And then a few weeks later, after hearing a listener say something about, yeah, I didn't like it, I tried a different one. I was like, oh, that one's not so great. They could be vastly different. Exactly. Or they can be not so different. Yeah. Right. I, 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 I can appreciate someone saying I enjoy trying single barrel, but I don't understand the concept of saying I like their single barrel because – by virtue of single barrelness, they're all different. So I don't know. Call me crazy. I think when you're as big as George Dickel and you've got a single barrel program that's feeding uh, an expression like their 15 year, you are picking single barrels that all fall within a very narrow range, right? Because you've got a lot of barrels to choose from. I get from. it. And you got, so you got somebody that, that's tasting these things that knows way more about pr- some some chick. I get it. I know somebody with a <laughs> you know how it is. The ladies have the best. Uh, well, they do, and and most palette. of the whiskey companies are finding out now that dang, you know. Dang it! They need to give the credit where credit is due, and and ladies do have the better palates, right? I know. I've applied for eighty seven taster jobs and got turned down i think they're profiling me their age and sex discriminating me well i would think when a barrel hits 15 years at george dickel 
it has already gone through so many quality tests, so many tastes, that the ones that are real big outliers have already been weeded out. They've already been moved out. They've already been uh, added to uh, small batch. You know, they've been hidden in small batches because, you, you know, you're doing a, a 500 barrel small batch. You're not going to see a few barrels that are kind of really different, right? Well, you so, so now you just brought up something that I never even thought about. So that might be a topic for a, a show is, you know, tell me what happens in the life cycle of a barrel. I mean, are barrels, all barrels being tasted over their life cycle of storage and those weeded out like that? I mean, you just made that statement, and I, I never even thought about it. Yeah, I think all barrels, typically all barrels are being tasted at some point by somebody on the tasting panel. Wow. So that, you know, nothing that's... Uh, um, you know, not great. Does it make it through? I got you. All right. So unless all your listeners are as smart as you, maybe some of them are dumb as me. That's a, that's a topic for a show. Maybe. Yeah, I think so. I think it could be a topic for a show. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, uh, you mentioned was that ladies have a better palate, right? And uh, Nicole Austin happens to be the I, I know uh, general manager and, uh, exactly. and distiller. I know we should meet her sometime. Yeah, we should meet her sometime. Yeah, so uh, we were talking about that uh, before we started sipping there. Uh, and I, um, I, I hate it. Well, well, not that I really, I don't really know any master distillers, honestly. Quite well. You're but, you're uh, but, familiar, familiar with Jimmy Russell. Oh man, yeah, Jimmy. Oh man! Did you just meet him and talk oh, to him again, like yeah. for like the twentieth time? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I do have the good fortune of crossing paths with people over my decades here in Central Kentucky, and uh, played ball with Eddie back in the day. And but uh, I see, you know, Mister Russell Jimmy uh, quite often, and uh, but he sees so many millions of people. I I don't even presume that he remembers me but I, I i iterate the same you know little uh, statement every time i see him and and i know um, i know one of his buddies who one of his best friends of all time and so i always mention that guy's name and then it, then i always get a sparkle in his eye and uh, most recently I got to introduce that gentleman's son to him, and I saw that same sparkle in his eye. But I will say, I don't know if I told you this, Jim. I said, uh, Mr. Russell, I got a treat for you. I always bring up this gentleman's name, and you talk to me about stories. Now I want to introduce you to this gentleman's son. And all of a sudden, Mr. Russell said, yeah, that name. Boy, that name rings a bell, but I, I don't know if I know him. <laughs> and for a second there, I thought, oh, my God, he's lost his mind, daggone. He, he doesn't remember this guy anymore. And then all of a sudden, he just started giggling. He's punk, he was punking us. <laughs> 89-year-old Jimmy Russell was, was 
making fun of us. And uh, and then I just backed away, and he talked to um, you know his buddy's son, and and Mr. Russell said, "Boy, have I got some stories for you." And they just they just had a big time. And That's I, awesome. That's yeah, so great. I just backed away and listened. It was it was good stuff. Mr. Russell is so smart and so man, he's just been in the industry knows everybody sees seen everything and man what a wealth of knowledge yeah absolutely what, what a great guy all right so we're we're back to the dickel 15 here um this is probably my favorite whiskey of the night i'm gonna say it is now when you have a 15 year um single barrel whiskey that's probably among one of the better single barrels, I think the Dickles put out. I think we've got one here. This is uh, barrel three ninety one. Pretty darn good. Yeah. So now I've gone this through this diatribe about people liking single barrels, and lo and behold, this is. I'm, I'm getting some deep chocolate notes. Some there's obviously some malt good bit of malt in this so if you like all right so like no aftertaste real smooth deep chocolate tones um just real pleasant all right so now it's my favorite but it's a damn single barrel right so what <laughs> you just so, enjoy it for the moment I'm enjoy it for the moment enjoy now, it for the and, moment. and and there may never be another one like it but for me this is actually the 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 flavor that I'm looking for. Yeah, this is a phenomenal pour. This is a really good pour. I had pour. no idea. I'm, Jim, I bought this, um, oh, I don't know, over a year ago yep. and, and hadn't opened it. And Now it's we, open. We yep. had a good reason to open the damn yep. bottle. Yep, it's really, really good. Back to pizza. Oh man, I'm, I got one more little <laughs> right. pizza spin here. All right, so I'm long I have ears. been I have been looking and thinking and shopping for a pizza oven. Oh, uh, have you thought about yeah. getting one of them things? Yes, yes, yes. Um, I have, and and um, and you know a lot of different types. And um, I don't know, as a guy, sometimes we need to just get away from everybody. So the outside. You know, outdoor pizza concept kind of resonates with me. But, so the, uh, the charcoal fire, wood fire, yeah, wood yeah, fire. Okay, yeah, yeah. well, or charcoal. Char okay. it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I had a green egg, and they they have a uh, uh, whatever a contraption that that'll convert your your green egg to a pizza oven. It's, it's a pretty clever little piece. It's a um, I don't even know how to describe it, but you know, a green egg's got a, a round top that that lifts up, and it's so it's got a wedge of sorts, mm -hmm. a wedge with an open open slot where you can slide the pizza in, um, and you know you can, you can you can hit that thing. So the guys that do that, they'll get their egg up to six to eight hundred degrees. Sure, throw a pizza in there. The only thing that's the only thing that bothers me is like, you know, you go to all this trouble, you get this thing going, you get it fired up to eight hundred degrees. I mean, 
It's like you do a whole lot of work, throw this pizza in there six minutes and pull it out. Oh, um, if six minutes. Uh, if right? six minutes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because that, because that, I'm like, well, know. wait a minute. I just did all this daggone work. I fired this thing, you know. I mean, the, the hardest <laughs> thing in the world, in my understanding, is the hardest thing in the world is to balance the bottom heat mm-hmm. with the top heat, right? Mm-hmm. And you've got to get that crust underneath to get that. It's got to get toasted and it's got to get. It's got to cook that moisture out of it, and it's got to get that leopard pattern on the bottom of the crust. Yeah. Before you burn the crust on the top and before you separate the mozzarella from its oil. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like this perfect timing thing that has to happen. Yeah. And in order to do that, you've got to have control of both the top heat and the bottom heat. That's hard to do. Yeah, yeah, it definitely My goodness. I mean, I'm just – I'm sort of geeking out on it just a little bit. Although, you know, I I know we we kind of worry about all the, you know, the unique specifics that – I mean, they they are moments apart from, you know – failure to sell success to failure but um I, I have a sister-in-law who has an egg and she'll do some pizzas and she she gets this fine italian yeast and makes her own dough yeah and then does all this stuff and and you know often she's preoccupied cooking multiple things at once yeah and she's sometimes frustrated and feels like the pizza is not done you know one's not done enough one's too done you know she'll describe all these things that are not perfect in her brain and every morsel i put in my mouth is delicious. so delicious yeah, it it's just so yeah we went to a, oh my gosh when i was in colorado we went to mm-hmm. one of my son's friend's house and he had gotten one of those uh I guess it was like a uni oven or something. I don't know. They're one of those backyard mm-hmm. gas, and he he cooked pizzas for us all, and we were loving it. Of course, he was busy cooking pizzas the whole time, having the time of his life. And every pizza he brought in, he would say something's wrong with it, oh, right? Absolutely. Just like you're talking about. He's like, oh, this one, this, and mm-hmm. but they were all delicious. Yeah. They were all wonderful. They're all so much better than calling Domino's. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Now you you mentioned. Um, what what are the outdoor one? Um, the the little solo stove. Solo. solo. Yeah. So solo stove makes the you know the Ranger and the Bonfire and the Yukon fire pits. Okay. They also make a pizza oven now, and it uses that same concept of secondary burn on the gases oh. coming off the wood. But their pizza oven is a gas. It's gas. Oh. Oh, and, so it's uh, not a an add-on to their little solo wood it, thing. It's not an add-on to their solo. It's a mm-hmm. separate pizza oven. Oh, okay. And yeah. I've heard good things about it. Yeah. I've also heard, heard a lot of great things about, and this is another reason that it's wonderful to have so many roadies out there because we've probably got hundreds of roadies <laughs> that have used different pizza oh, ovens. Man, and they're all going to come in and yeah, tell us which one to yeah, use. Yeah, you know it. I've heard the Chefman, Chefman, hmm. Pizza oven from Costco oh. is a good buy at around two hundred fifty dollars, and it's a electric indoor, so it's an in kitchen version, oh. and it gets to eight hundred mm. top and bottom, above and below the pizza, eight hundred wow. degrees. Gosh, and I'm thinking well, that might be a good solution too, electric, right? Yeah, heck you can yeah. do it. You can do that right in your kitchen. Yeah, and uh, I've heard that that does a really good job yeah. as well. I just I don't want to geek out to the point where I spend so much time mm-hmm. that I can't enjoy hanging out with the people there to eat my pizza. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
and you know that is a that is a delicate balance and and i don't know i guess i guess i've always kind of i overthink things right yeah i mean don't don't we all yeah boys and their toys right yeah exactly and and that's kind of what i was thinking about the the big green egg i mean you know you come down you you know you you get it out you you clean out your your ashes put some more coal in it you get it going you shut her down you get the airflow going you get it at 800 degrees uh, you know not that it takes a i mean those things are pretty quick if you know what you're doing you do it right yeah it's it's amazing how quick you can get a, one of those to 800 degrees but then you throw the daggone thing in there for five minutes and <laughs> pull it out and it's it's done you know yeah. so uh, you know, there's that issue. Did I, you know, did I waste a half hour for a five minute pizza? I mean, whatever. I it's okay. I'm, I'm going to do. I'm going to do something with it. I'm just not sure yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Rob, it's been a blast. I've had such a good time here. Always fun. You intrigued me, Jim, with all your um, your data on pizza and. <laughs> <laughs> The stock market, and then you depress me about bourbon going down. I don't know. I don't know. No, no, I didn't. I didn't draw that conclusion. Oh, I just right, said right. stocks are going stocks down. Stocks going down. Stocks yeah. are going down. To me, um, we're selling less bottles, but yeah, maybe the, the maybe the uh, enthusiasm in the stock market's going down. Oh, you remember that old song? Wall Street told us the stock market fell, and we were supported. We couldn't tell. That's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's how I feel about those guys. Well, I want to say the two stars tonight were the Still Austin Rye. Yep. And the Dickel 15 Sickle Barrel. Yep. Both both a good buy. And of those two, I, I would grab that Dickel, I think. I think so. Only for me because it leans to the, the malted chocolate flavor. Yeah. Yeah, it was really a good pour. Yeah. Thank you for breaking out that bottle tonight. Actually, yeah. both these bottles were in your barn unopened. I know. Here we so, go. I'm we... just looking for a reason, Jim. There you go. So you just need to, whoever comes over, that's what I'm looking for, a reason. Well, it's always a pleasure to visit the uh, mm-hmm. the Rare Eagle Bar and hang out with you, Rob. I know when, when roadies come to town, you're always excited to have them over to mm-hmm. enjoy this place. Yep. So hopefully... Uh, um, we'll get the chance to hang out with some roadies here again. We yep. do from time to time. Absolutely, yeah. It's always fun. Yeah. So if you're in town, roadies, reach out to me. We'll see if we can make it happen. But Absolutely. Uh, definitely, Doug Keller, when you're in town, mm-hmm. I think uh, you need to come down here and see your eagle on display. Oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, Rob. I appreciate it. Thank you. Good night. Uh-huh. Good night. Well, folks, you can find The Bourbon Road on all social media outlets. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube. You can find us on Threads, X now, because it's no longer Twitter. We're on all those platforms. You can find us. Uh, we hope you'll check out our posts and like them and, and share them with your friends. Make sure you check us out every single Wednesday. The way to make sure that you don't miss an episode is to scroll to the top of that app you're on, uh, listen to us today, and make sure you click that subscribe button. That way you get a notification saying we put out a, a new episode and or something great to listen to. Anytime you can hop on our website, thebourbonroad.com, you'll follow our, find our gear on there, our glasses and 
t-shirts and hats and all the good stuff. Uh, you can also hop onto our contact us page and send us a message. Let us know what you're thinking. If you liked a particular show or not, if you've got an idea for a guest or a bottle, we'd love to hear it. But until the next time, we'll see you down the bourbon road. <laughs>